So you're from you're from Brooklyn. Yes. Born born and raised in Brooklyn. Born and raised, yeah. And you 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 were here until you moved with your husband? Um, no, I lived in Brooklyn, went to school in Providence. Okay. Uh, you went to RISD? Went to RISD, um, came back, lived in Manhattan for almost 10 years mm-hmm. um, when you could afford to live in yeah. Manhattan as a young person. I mean, my, <laughs> I sound like such an old person. My first rent, it was $250 a month. And, you know, the apartment didn't have a stove, uh-huh. and, you know, but it was great. It yeah. was great. Um, and uh, and then we moved to with one kid. We moved to Park Park Slope. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in '87. You're way ahead the head of the curve on moving to Park Slope yeah. for the one kid thing. <laughs> um, I didn't invent it. There were people <laughs> out there with who were doing the trajectory from the Upper okay. West Side to Park Slope. And then um, when the second kid came along, we moved out to uh, the Burbs. Yeah. Uh, you know, school public school, which we could sure you know stuff like that. Um, so, so you went. So you went to to, to RISD, and you were. I mean, it's an art school. I assume yeah. you were studying studying art while you were out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What 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 specifically? Um, I started out in graphic design, which I hated. I was terrible yeah. at. I moved to illustration, which was you know a little better. Um, and then I wound up graduating in painting because um, I really wanted to be a painter at one point. Huh. Um, I had most of my friends were in the painting department and. They just made art like the center. It was like art was just so important and so great. And I really wanted... It was like art with a capital A. I had been doing cartoons, yeah, you know, yeah. from the time I was a kid. But hmm. RISD was like... It was a really different time. I mean, cartoons were uh, sort of... I think they were kind of looked down on a yeah. little bit, you know. And um, I, I was, you know, young and impressionable. And it was the one time where I really thought, like... Maybe I'll be a painter, you know, but I was a terrible painter. And when I got out of school, I went back to drawing cartoons. Well, that's—I mean—that's an interesting trajectory in, in and of itself. I mean, were you doing design illustration? Was that was that a practical thing? Uh, yeah, it was. It was both graphic design and illustration yeah. were attempts to uh, be practical. <laughs> I, I don't know if the eye rolls that came over through yeah. the audio. But I think it was—it was definitely implied. Yeah. Um, just the idea that uh, I know was it the, was it the only thing you, you felt like you could really do oh, was, yeah. was was draw or paint or, yeah. or be an artist? You didn't Definitely. think you had any other never occurred to marketable, me anything else. marketable no. skills. No, your parents were educators, right? Yes, that was. I think they hoped that I was going to become a teacher. Yeah, but I I didn't like school. Really? Yeah, yeah. really. I just did not like school, so it, I would don't think I would have made a very yeah. good teacher. Did they was was their advice to at least try something that you can potentially get a job doing? Um, they, I think that they were hoping that I would get a, I would get it, somehow get a master's and maybe mm. get a teaching license yeah. at some point. Um, but I think at one point my father, um, you know, they really knew nothing about this world. Uh, you know, the visual yeah. arts world, and my father uh, told me that. Um, in an attempt to be helpful that on the Johnny Carson show <laughs> they had these like station break like somebody would hold up a sign that they had drawn about mm-hmm. like the station break and he said well you could do that or like the technical difficulties yes, thing technical, that yes, they throw out like that sort yes, of yes, that's yes, interesting yeah so, yeah so they were they were they were trying to be helpful they, were yeah. they uh, did they also realize that maybe you were for better or for worse destined to, to do that um I think at some point, like, they started to realize that 
yeah, I think, you know, art is going to be... Yeah. I really... It never occurred to me to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was, what's the conversation like that, that with your parents that, that you're going to, to art school? Um, well, that was complicated. Uh, I actually started out at a liberal arts school mm-hmm. that didn't have any requirements where I could just take all art courses and because they did not want me to go to art school. They just thought that was a totally stupid yeah. idea, you know, totally impractical. And, um, and so I did. I went to this uh, small liberal arts women's college called Kirkland College, mm-hmm. which was brand new at that point. Now it's been folded into Hamilton College. And um, they had great art facilities, which is why I went there. And uh, no requirements, so I could take all art courses, <laughs> which is what I did. Um, but at some point, I, I think I had a teacher there who suggested that I uh, go to art school. So. What, what was that? What was that experience like? Getting to getting to RISD for the first time. I mean, oh, I can't even. It was I can't very imagine. intense, and it was it was horrible in a way because. Really. Um, but I think when I went to RISD, it was the first time, and this may make me sound like you know that I was particularly slow and sheltered, which I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time I realized that there were lots and lots and lots of really talented artists out there. Mm. And, you know, because I had gone to a public high school in Brooklyn and um, then to a liberal arts school. And it's really easy when you don't go to art school to believe that, yeah. you know, you are really unique. You were a big fish in a yeah, small pond. Right, yeah, right, right. And then you go to RISD and, like, I was... I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, not even in the middle of the pack, you know, just at the bottom that, you know, there were people who were incredible, you know, people my age, yeah. which was, you know, just really humiliating. And um, and I didn't get special attention, and uh, it, I felt it was, it was bad. I mean, it was really depressing. On the other hand, it was a much more um, realistic picture of of the world, I think you know, and so when people say you know should I go to art school, I think well, you know maybe maybe you should because it's really if you go to a regular school, you know your ego might not take such a beating, yeah. but um, you'll get out and you won't know what hit you, you know, and so I felt more prepared. You know, when I got out, <laughs> because you were beaten down. By, beat, yeah, by it was like you know, I already know that I suck and yeah. I'm terrible, and I can't draw, and it's horrible, and people are going to say mean things, and you know that I'm not special, and I know that, and I still want to do it. You know, was you know the fact that you were kind of destined that you already were doing cartooning, that you ended up doing cartooning by the end of that. Um, did that amplify the effect that that it was this kind of maligned um, course you were taking? I think that it was interesting. It wasn't like I'm going to. It, it was. It's hard to explain, but I think it was like this is very interesting that I still want to do this. Hmm. You know that I've come back to it. Yeah, and that I know all these things about myself. You know that I'm not the best that I'm bad in fact and I still still want to do it and I think that's like actually kind of a good thing you know if you want to if you want to do something to sort of know you know how far you have to go and how you know 
it's nice. It's nice to know that you can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, there was not. I didn't have any other yeah. options. There was really nothing else I wanted to do, yeah. and I was terrible at at things. I mean, I, at one point, I tried to get a job. Um, I, this was when I was still living at home, and I, I mean, I was I was terrified of anything like waitressing or like working with people or anything you know like a regular job I was just so afraid of it you know like Mm. cash registers and you know dealing with people and all of that kind of thing Um, and one time I tried to get a job and it was like they could tell that I was it was at a clothing store and you know they had a help wanted sign and they just took a look at me and was like (laughs) oh we we just filled up you know it was like this total lie and I just thought okay you know so so what 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 do you end up doing in that in that space before you actually become an established cartoonist I lived well this was why in some ways New York was very different because you know uh, my rent was so cheap and my parents gave me they were I was an only child my parents were really nice to me and they gave me a little bit of money so that I could pay my rent and you know if I had to live on you know crackers and peanut butter I didn't care I was 23 22 didn't matter and uh, you know I just kind of kept working and kept submitting stuff. I, I started out, I submitted illustrations, which was I, it was terrible. Because I, I didn't really trust, I didn't really think that I could be a cartoonist. I really <laughs> didn't. It was a, just, in some ways, it's still like this shock <laughs> to me. You know, it was, what I, it was always what I wanted to do, but I just never really um, thought that I would be able to make a living at it. So, so what was, so, you know, you had to, what was your... I mean, it sounds like there, there, I guess, wasn't a plan B, but somewhere in the back of your mind, if you really don't think that this is something that you're going to achieve, your parents aren't going to be able to support you forever, and you, <laughs> retail isn't working out. Retail stopped working out, and I knew that I was not one of those girls who was going to like be... Um, you weren't going to get a sugar daddy. I was not going to get a sugar daddy. No. I would never have been able to you know, fill those those stilettos. Um, I I just I don't know I don't know so how 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 long was that 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 period of 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 trying and waiting I was really really lucky Mm -hmm. I mean I I moved out of uh, my parents apartment in December of 77 and I sold my first cartoon to the New Yorker in April of 78 so I was really, really lucky. And mm-hmm. I was doing some cartoons for the Village Voice okay. at that point and National Lampoon. And um, I was starting to yeah. get published. Yeah, and those are, yeah, those are yeah. established places, yeah. or at least, yeah. you know, at least uh, yeah. now they are. So, so how much of your, what, what, was, what were your days like during, during that period? I mean, how much of them were actually just spent sitting at a drawing board? I drew a lot. Yeah. I liked, I liked being, you know, I liked drawing. I liked, yeah. You know. So yeah, a lot of time just drawing. And you you, you had given up painting entirely yeah, by that totally. point. Yeah, totally. I gave up painting the minute I got out of school. Yeah. Um, I went back to drawing cartoons. Just it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, you know, you, have you have you painted? Have you painted since then? I do. You know, I mean, I paint. I do watercolor yeah. you know you, not like watercolors like no I'm going to like do this wash with the sunset yeah. or anything but I mean I color in, in yeah. you know that's yeah. what I feel like I'm coloring in so I work I love working with color yeah you know but um I don't I'm, I don't think of myself as a painter it's yeah it's just you, you sort of you realize you couldn't do it yeah and then that was 
that was kind of it for you. Yeah, I wasn't. It was like I didn't really get the same joy out of it hmm. that I got out of cartoons. And I think the thing with cartoons that I loved so much always is that you know there's writing, there's drawing, and there. The form is so plastic. There are so many different sorts of cartoons mm-hmm. you can do. You can do multi-panels. You can do one single panel. You can do all kinds of, you know, odd things in the, within the form, you know. And and you get to make jokes, you yeah. know. And I like jokes. I like funny things. So. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain sort of funny painting that. It, yeah. I don't know if it's really you know it's yeah, like people sort of yeah. stand there and right, and right. laugh at it and yeah, and and yeah. explain why it's funny to each yeah. other but it's never really it's not the same as a course it's never really that funny yeah, yeah it's not the, really yeah. that funny yeah you, and 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 you get to I mean again I guess you sort of tell a story in a painting but you get to yeah. tell a story in a in a cartoon oh, or a comic yeah. in a way that you really can't in any other yeah. visual art form I guess I, and you can you can do like straight panels or you can do mm-hmm. you know something that's more like reportage and then have like cartoons within it I mean I just think it's a I, I love the form just how uh, it, it seems to you know you can do so many different things with it you know so so you're you know you're working for the, the New Yorker fairly early I mean you're at, you're at the Village Voice there's a little bit of crossover there between that and yeah. the um, you know the, the the underground comic scene you're in New York City it was yeah. 1978 so there was some of that going on at yeah. least right were you how aware were you of that I was sort of aware of it but I think I don't know um, uh, I just wasn't that um, downtowny mm. I mean I wanted to be <laughs> you know you weren't that cool I wasn't that cool yeah. you know yeah. I mean I remember once uh, giving a I just I just knew I was not cool like that um, I mean I loved you know Nan Golden's photos I loved looking at all that stuff mm. but I lived on the Upper West Side you know yeah. um, I I I don't know. I don't like needles. I don't like like really super dirty things. I mean, I just like, you know, um, uh, yeah. I think I was just not. Um, I didn't feel like I really fit in, you know, with that whole downtown. Thing. Yeah. Were, were you doing longer form work then, or did that come later? Um, I think that might have come late. Well, the book that I just the yeah. memoir I have never done anything like yeah. that before. That's probably the first thing. That I've ever done like that, where it's really you know, two hundred thirty pages, you know, which is one story. W- w- was it was it just a matter of finding the the right story? Is that why it took so long? Um, I'm not even really sure. I just had not really been uh, drawn to that kind of long form hmm. before, and um, you know, I I like letting the form follow what the idea is rather than like mm. I'm going to do a 250 page yeah. book now I mean I had no idea when I started this book actually how long it was going to be yeah. you know or what form exactly it was going to take there, there, I mean there is something you know it's, it seems like everybody is always pushing towards doing something longer whether it's a you know a novel or a graphic yeah. novel or a movie just just because of that sense of accomplishment that you get doing a 200 page book versus you know a, a, yeah. a, a panel <laughs> I don't know I mean I'm really not um, I think it's I think that 
because something is longer does not necessarily mean it's better. Sure. You know, for sure. sure. And uh, I don't know. I mean, there's certain... I can't think of any offhand, but like a short book that can, you know, would have given me a lot greater sense of accomplishment than something that's, you know, yeah. 800 pages of crap, you yeah. know. So. I, I, I guess, I guess it's the, the idea of kind of, of, of ephemera, you know, of like, you know, oh, of something, yeah. of, of like the, the New oh, Yorker, yes. you know, it's very well respected, but you Still get a panel in there and it's a weekly, sure. you know, oh, bi-weekly absolutely. magazine. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. I mean, the first time I did a cover, it was like, that week went by very quickly. <laughs> it's like, wait, now they yeah. have another for another person's work on the cover. It's yeah. no longer. Uh, but yeah, there is something very ephemeral about yeah. the cartoons, and about, you know, it's just that comes with working for a magazine that comes out every week. It's you know journalism. Um, I think that's art. Spiegelman on you know today he said mm-hmm. something about there's nothing that dates more quickly than a political cartoon, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely true. I mean, I don't like, you know, I don't like doing political mm-hmm. cartoons for that reason also because I'm not a very good at it. There are people who are really, really good at it. I'm not a political junkie. Um, I prefer things that, you know, evergreens, yeah. you know, I guess they're called, you know, things that are always funny. I mean, you know, death is always... Uh, well, I don't you were going to say death is always funny, yeah, which is yeah, a questionable yeah. statement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. If this but it's universal. It, it's universal. Yeah. Um, and you know that will never go out of yeah. style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anxiety is yeah. something that you deal with a lot, which is well, I guess yeah. not. It, it not maybe as universal as death, but everybody experiences it from, from time yeah, to time. I think it's realistic. Yeah, I don't think it's. Some of us are more blessed with anxiety, I think, than, yeah, or than other people to not are. Have it. <laughs> yeah. you just blank it out. Yeah. Um, so, did so this in, in terms of the you know of the of, of the idea leading the form and 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 in terms of you living this life experience and wanting to, to to make art out of it at what point is it clear that you are in fact working on a, a book um, well I always uh, I feel I feel like my cartoons always have something of what's going on in my life mm. in them not always but sometimes yeah. a lot and um, I don't really remember whether there was one point um, where I thought about doing this, but I it was it was definitely something that was in the back of my mind when I was going through it. I think mm. it was a way of sort of managing it, maybe also, you know, because it really it was a very um, overwhelming experience at many points. And yeah. I think being able to sort of step back and make a story out of it is one way of not feeling like you're just going to go, you know, under that tidal wave, you know. Yeah, it's you know, and and I know that you know your life is informing even the the New Yorker strips, but and I've I've heard you talk about this, but it sounds like it's a little in a lot of cases, maybe in most cases, a little more removed in terms of you pulling a quote or something that happened and putting it in there. That's very different than writing a book about your parents. Yes, yes, this is. uh, I mean, this everything in that book that's not like an example of something my parents could have said like you know the oven mitt I mean that was really you know what mm-hmm. really happened so uh, you know the, the the neurologist with the seven words I mean I had written that in the letter to a friend thank God for you know Google's uh, Gmail search because I was able to you know put in search terms when I was working on the book like you know the place 
because I always called it a place, or my mother, and you know, put quotes hmm. around it. And then, like, any time I referenced, you know, my mother, or my mother at the place, or you know, hospice, or the name of my mother's, you know, aide, I had a lot to work with because I had written a lot of emails to people hmm. about you know things that I was going through. So, you know, it was handy. Interesting. You 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 work through your own paper trail. You did you did yeah. research into your own yes, exactly. into your own life in a way. Paper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Work through my own paper trail. So, but it was handy. Yeah. Because you know? then, like, I remember that this neurologist had visited my mother and given her some words, but uh, I I don't know if I hadn't written them down whether I would have remembered specifically what they were. Were you? I I know I know your your your, your father's memory was was going there towards. Oh. Yeah. The end. I mean, he. It sounds like he. Uh, he had it happen pretty late. I mean, he was pretty pretty lucky. All all things said, he was yeah. into his nineties right before yeah. he started losing yeah. that. I mean, that's. And it wasn't like totally like Alzheimer where he yeah. didn't know me or uh, anything like that. It was you know, but you, there were significant you know gaps in what he remembered. Do, do you find because you know I've I've had this experience too, and I've got a, a, a grandfather who's, who's who's going through that. Um, you have this sort of impulse when when you find out that I mean obviously you know that time is finite but when you realize that the memory starts going that you want to know as much as you can you want to sort of tap that resource as much as you can oh definitely I mean I think for me a lot of writing and drawing is about remembering Mm -hmm. and I know I think I know what you mean I mean about wanting to hold on to it because I, I hate that we forget. And, I mean, I know that, you know, if you, if you don't forget some things, you know, then that's, you know, that's how people go crazy. But um, you have to be able to, you know, forget things to make room for, like, new yeah. stuff. And I certainly forget, you know, a lot of things. But um, at the same time, it will sometimes really trouble me that, like, I can't remember, like, where I had dinner, you know, five nights ago or something, or what I had for dinner. Yeah. Or, um, so I feel like writing this book was a way for me to remember my parents, to remember their voices, you know? I mean, I can re- sort of hear their voices yeah. in my head still, like, very well. Yeah. I can picture them in my head very well. And I know it's going to go. I know they're going to fade. That's just the way things go. Um, but it was a way for me to hold on to them a little longer. I did, think. Did, did you find yourself though? Because um, I, I, I guess what I also meant from that was, you know, that you want you you, you end up losing not only the person, but you end up losing a, a link to your past. You end up losing, you know, um, a little a link to history. You know, there are certain yeah. things that that yeah. that leave when when that person yeah. leaves. Did you find yourself? almost quizzing them and yeah. trying to get you know more information well that's that's great that you did that with your grandfather I mean I did not really do that with my parents because they were driving me so bananas <laughs> that <laughs> um, a lot of times I was just trying to get through the yeah. day you know I was just trying to get I mean there was uh, and w- with my father some of the stories just were endlessly repeated you yeah. know it was like he had his favorite 10 stories and they yeah. would you know just go on repeat um, but I, I don't know I mean I, I think that they really drove me so bananas <laughs> so much of the time that um, I didn't really sit down with them yeah. and ask them that much about the past how do you how do you reconcile that's another difficult thing is reconciling um, 
is sort is almost is being okay with the fact that they're driving you crazy. You know, being like, you know, you that you're annoyed, like being okay with the fact that you're annoyed <laughs> with them in that <laughs> at that point. Uh, I wasn't so much at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in some ways that's partly you know if I'm taking notes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know. I think as a kid, I think that's where, it, uh, you know, writing and drawing, it's a way of managing it, you mm-hmm. know, especially if you're, like, really sad or you're really angry yeah. or whatever, um, if you can write it down. Um, I remember Frank Modell, who's this wonderful old cartoonist, he's in his 90s now, he told me uh, that his father had a horrible temper, and um, at some point, he just started being very conscious of his the faces that his father would mm. make when he was really angry. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me with my mother, you know, because my mother had a horrible temper. And she would just... And she would, make, she would make these faces when she was really angry. And I think, you know, you can kind of... It's a way... I didn't, like, decide when I was nine, now I'm going to step back. Yeah. You know, but it's a way of distancing yourself from it. It's like, ooh, you're making like quite a face there. That's it's maybe that's maybe an in, interesting insight into your your you know your genesis as a cartoonist is drawing or having these animated this animated face around you. Yeah, well, I think for some people who are artists and writers, and you know, it's a way of uh, looking at something happening. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> um, I think it was somebody was telling me, maybe it was David Remnick, was saying that the worst fate a parent can have is uh, having a child who's a writer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like you're there, but you're also, you know, making notes. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, and your God, your you know your parents are such are such interesting characters. I mean, oh, you almost they, couldn't yeah. not write that. I was I was listening to, uh, I, can't, I think I think it might have been an NPR interview you you had done a, a year or two ago, in, in in which you were discussing their dynamic, and in a lot of ways, it, it, it seems like almost the gender roles were swapped between them. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were quite the characters. Yeah. they really were. And um, your your mom was was sort of the domineering. Uh, oh, very, very, yeah. very. I mean, she was, you know, she was very sure of herself. Yeah. And I, you know, on the other hand, if if there was a crisis, you would want somebody like that. Yeah. Because you know, my father and I would be just just like milling around, you know, <laughs> like milling. They're like, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, you know, one of us would see, like, a, a shiny thing on the floor and, like, be, like, totally... Meanwhile, like, there's chaos. Yeah. On. But my mother would be able to focus on whatever it was, you know, that would, you know, get the most people out of there, yeah. like, alive. Like, you know, the Titanic could be sinking. You'd want to be with her. You she would was not, the, the pragmatist. She of, was the pragmatist. Yeah. She'd be able to see what was going on and, you know, save the day. And my father and I would be, like... Oh, look at the interesting angle that we're at right now. You know, look do, at this. The horizon is tilted. Do, do you think? I mean, do you think your father was um, an artist without an outlet? It sounds like he's got all the makings of I an think, artist. I he's think got in the, many ways. He's I easily think, distracted in the way that artists yeah, are easily yeah, distracted. Exactly. I think that he may have been yeah. in his own way. I, I guess being a you know being around living through the depression probably. Yeah. Well, he was a linguist. That was okay. really his strength. I mean, he spoke, you know, of course, uh, English and Yiddish, yeah. but he also spoke French, Spanish, Italian. He knew some Greek. 
uh, some Russian. Um, hmm. I mean, he was he picked up languages and he spoke French, Spanish, and Italian fluently. You know, so, so he, he, he was a linguist, was a teacher. He, and she was she was a musician. A I musician. mean, she had wanted to be a okay. concert pianist at one point, yeah. and she was she was really good. I mean, yeah. she could sight read. She uh, she was amazing, and she practiced every night. She played for about an hour. We had a baby grand in the apartment, and uh, you know, she was amazing. She was really a gifted gifted pianist but they both you know grew up poor and they graduated yeah. from college into the depression and became teachers went into the school system my mother became an assistant principal but do, do, do you think that's why you you got so much leeway is they saw the opportunity for you to actually pursue art as a career i think, I think it's possible yeah. i mean i think that they really did uh give me a lot of leeway in their own way, mm-hmm. you know, to even just uh, not say, like, well, there's no way, we're not even allowing you to do this, you know, yeah. you're going to have to get a teaching degree to, you know, twist my arm in that way, you know, it's like they, they did, you know, try to, you know, have me go to liberal arts school, and then they let me go to art school, and, you know, that's pretty great. It is funny the, the way that the teaching has become this fallback for everybody. Oh, it's awful! Yeah. I know, I know. Those who can't, that, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah, from from one from one interview to to the other. Yeah. Uh, did did the linguist thing play a factor in in the, your what thing? your father being a linguist? Did that that play a factor in you becoming you want to be a storyteller? Well, he loved words. Yeah. You know, word origins and mm. interesting words and I like words a lot too. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that we shared that. And and he had this thing where like somebody could be talking then they would use a word that was interesting like um I don't know. Let me think. Uh, oh, he wasn't like. Isn't that curious? Like he would. He somebody. He just. He would was very sensitive to somebody using a word in an yeah. unusual way, and then like the rest of the conversation, he would not hear the rest of it because he'd be like tracing that word back and like. And I feel like, you know, for better or worse, I have some of that a little bit better than yeah. he was. I mean, he could not follow the plot of a movie. He would get very hung up about. You know, somebody would use an odd word, and he'd be thinking about the word origin, and then he'd remember, like, this actually has the Greek root here and the Latin root here, and then it, you know, went over to, like, Indonesia, and it came back there, and, you know, then the rest would be like, what happened? Who's that guy? What? Well, that's that's one of the few... Uh, you have one of the few careers where that actually um, works in your advantage to be hyper-focused, you know, well, on, on one thing. It can take you, like, a different route, you yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but 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 to, because you know you have to be able to, especially when you're working on a, on a long for piece, you have to be able to to sit down yeah. for you know hours on end in front of a, a desk working on something. So you need that you need that hyper hyper focus. Um, yeah, I guess, or or you don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that analytical. About it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job. Um, is this? I, you know, as, as, as you said, you weren't thinking of, of, of works in terms of form, but um, do you see yourself doing another long, long-form piece? Yeah, you I know? do. I do. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm working on a project right now, but it's like starting from scratch. Yeah. 
because it's a different sort of project. It'll be a long, longer, you know, long form thing again. Um, which because I really enjoyed having a big project to work on outside of my weekly submissions to the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, but this is it. It'll be different from from that book. But but you've now that you've done it, yeah. is it do, you, do you feel like it's going to be a little bit easier to do no. the second time? No, <laughs> I wish it were. I wish I could say yes. Yeah. And in fact, before I started it, I thought it would be, but it's yeah. not. It is actually not at all. It's nice. I mean, it's really nice that when when you're working on a long piece that you still have the the New Yorker cartoons, not just oh. from a monetary standpoint, but from the ability to be able to focus on something else oh, short yeah. for. Oh, I feel like so incredibly lucky yeah. that they took me in. Yeah. Um, I still am so grateful and feel so lucky yeah. about that. And, and of course, you know, I, I don't know whether this is just, you know, when you're a cartoonist, whether, you, you know, we're just naturally pessimistic people, but I always feel it could end at any time. Any time, any week. I mean, you know, after I turn in my batch for the week, I always think, well, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's it. I'll never have another idea. Uh, they're going to uh, realize that, you know, they've made this giant mistake and that, I, you know, because I know I suck and now they're going to realize that I suck and, you know, just all that, you know, constant. Have you become any more confident, you know, now, now that you've, you've, you've established yourself and, you, and, and you've been doing this for a long time? See, it can go in the other direction, really? you know, because it can go like, well, now they're tired of me. Yeah, you know. But it so, sounded like you were never particularly confident about no, that. No, no, I, I can really. I think that there's a way to <laughs> give the most negative spin yeah. on any yeah. uh, bunch of circumstances. And if you are looking for somebody to tell you what what it is, it's just give me a call. No, <laughs> it sounds so horrible. No, I. I it is. Um, that can be your fallback career yeah, is telling yeah. people why everything is terrible. Why everything's terrible and why it's not going to get better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you, but you have to look back on on what you've done, yeah. and especially with this book out now, and everybody seems to love this book. You've got to be able to look at something like that yeah. and appreciate that there's, oh, there's something there. Appreciate, I, I do, I'm, and I'm, I am so glad that the book has resonated yeah. with as many people as it has, as it apparently has. Let me ask you this to, to, to end it because I know you got to get on your way. Um, what, what, what is the what is, what is the best cartoon that you've had rejected from the New Yorker? What is your favorite? What is the one that really that really hurt you? Oh, brother! Um, well, you know what? I I I can only go back like one week. Okay. But I can think of a cartoon that I turned in last week. Which I had a feeling they weren't going to take, mm. and which they did not take, but which I really loved, and it was just these names. And um, it started because uh, oh, I don't know, it's too boring a story. But um, uh, it, I just made up na- names of people, and while I was doing them, it was really making me laugh. Mm. And I was hoping they didn't. It did not have a specific like. It's just absurd. It was absurd, but it was like the names. the The, the names were funny, okay. and I, I cannot explain it. And then I drew what those people would look like, and and some of them like just had these faces. Yeah. Like I can't obviously do it over the microphone, but like yeah, I don't know. I can't. Do <laughs> You're it, grimacing. But, like, I could, they, but it was like this kind of. Sm- I, yeah. You'd have. To, 
you'd have to see it. Yeah. But like I, I drew these very specific people that went with the names, and um, and it really cracked me up. And you know, of course, they didn't take it. Um, so yeah, so going back one week, that made me sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that sort of that that in, intangibly funny thing that, yeah, that yeah, is why it's so hard to translate. Funny. This yeah. is this is actually funny. Do, do um, you know? Do you know when they're gonna? Do you, have, do you have a good idea of when they're going to accept something? No, or it's pretty no, arbitrary no, as far as you can tell? As far as I can tell, yeah. it's totally arbitrary yeah. and has been with every editor. I mean, I can never tell. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, one thing before we go yeah. that Bob Mankoff uh, sometimes tells the story that, you know, he, Bob, he, he runs the, he's yeah. the cartoon editor um, and he's been a cartoonist uh, from before when I was there. Um, and he had gone to school. I, I forget where, but for um, psychology. And when he was taking an experimental psychology course, he did this, uh, or some kind of abnormal psychology, I don't know, psychology course, he, they did these experiments with rats where um, these rats were in cages and they had a cage where every time the rat pushed the lever down, a pellet would come out. <laughs> and one push, one pellet, one push, one pellet. And the rat would tire of it. Um, and then there was a cage where, like, the pellets almost never came out. Like, push, 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 no pellets, no pellets. Okay. And the rat would tire of that. <laughs> but then there was a cage where, like, no pellet, no pellet, pellet, no pellet, two pellets, no pellet, no pellet, no pellet, no pellet four pellets. And this randomness of mm. the pellet and the pushing down of the lever, that rat would be pushing <laughs> the lever forever. And that is what I feel like being a cartoonist. Yeah. You know, a weekly cartoonist. Is, it's like no pellet, no pellet, pellet. No pellet, 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 pellet. No pellet. Five, six weeks, no pellets. Then suddenly three pellets. It's like... You know, it's just the, the, the ta- you've had the taste of the pellet and that's what keeps you... Well, it's because you don't know. Yeah. It, you just don't know. I mean, the, it, they kind of keep you going by, yeah. like, not knowing, you know, and you just kind of say, well, I mean, if I didn't like to do... I Obviously, it can't just be for the pellets, mm-hmm. you know? It must be that this is really what I like to do. That's what makes being an artist so hard, and, and that's what makes it so hard to be, I guess, objectively self-critical of, of yourself is there's no... Since there's no wrong or right answer, yeah, how yeah, how yeah. would you ever know? And how would you ever know how somebody else is going to react to that? Yeah, no idea. Yeah. No idea at all. And it, obviously you can't go by it. Yeah. Sometimes they're not right, you know? I mean, sometimes after they buy it, I'll like it more. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes, as I was telling you, they won't take something that I like. And, yeah. But has, has you know, having done this for a while and, and, and seeing what... What, what hits with them has that made you adjust the kind of work that you're doing um, I think that to some extent there's some of that but one advantage I think that we have the New Yorker staff has that if you can call it that is that we submit these batches we submit mm. groups of cartoons every week and so you know there might be in fact, this is probably a, a guarantee that I won't sell it. I'll do a cartoon. I'll think, this is such a perfect New Yorker yeah. cartoon. They will never take that yeah. one. Um, but I'll feel compelled to, to throw it in the batch. Yeah. Um, 
but there's always a few things. Like, I think deep down, I would have been shocked if they had taken that name cartoon, you know? But I feel like I get to do... I mean, I, I almost every week I turn in a few cartoons that I know they're never going to take, but I want to do them. You know, mm. and I don't know whether they'll ever go anywhere yeah. or what, but I want to do them. You, do, do, do you do you have any any kind of an outlet for the things that don't? Are you putting them up on your site or? Um, uh, no, I um, I sometimes I rework them okay. um, and I resubmit them. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like with this parent book, there were cartoons that I did, like the pothole, the oven mitt yeah. one, which went into the book. Oh, interesting. So, okay. you know, there were cartoons in there, like the Ouija board one yeah. I had submitted to the New Yorker, yeah. which was really more like Ray Portage. I mean, that really happened, you know, yeah. um, that weird thing, which I did not know what to make of, but that went into the book. I yeah. didn't think when I did it that I would, you know, down the line, four years down the line, be doing a book, but it went into the book. It's interesting. So, it's another. It's another case where you've got. It's like. It's like searching through the email where you've got, you know, decades of cartoons. You, yeah. You've got this sort of, in a weird way, a written history. Yeah, and you don't. You don't really know. I mean, I feel like all I can do is do what I want to do yeah. that week and try to stay as. That's so corny to say it, but to try to stay as true to what I think is funny every week and to try to be grateful for, you know, the opportunity that I have and not to, you know, <laughs> try to look too far into the future yeah. and, you know, that's, that's it. You yeah, know? It's, hard, it's hard to stay grateful. <laughs> when it, it, it's easy to take things like that for oh, granted know, after a while. I know, I know, I yeah. know. But it's, it is something I, you know, I yeah. am. <laughs> There you go, those Ross Chass recorded that conversation. It's a while ago now at, uh, at Comic Arts Brooklyn, wonderful little indie comic show put on by the good folks at Desert Island Comics. That conversation, we had that conversation in, so you would say, a, a basement. It looks like, you know, maybe it had been a, a wine cellar at some point or a fallout shelter or catacomb or something like that uh, below a really, really nice hotel in uh, in Williamsburg. Uh, same hotel, incidentally, where a few weeks before I actually had had the conversation with, with uh, Legs McNeil that you heard on this very program. Um, I was I was a little bit wary, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was, being a little, I was a little bit wary uh, going into the conversation with Raj, just because I, you know, I'd read her book, um, really, really wonderful book. I can't, can't recommend it highly enough, can't we? talk about something more pleasant uh easily easily one of the best comics of of 2014 but you know like we were gonna talk about some really it's a book about some really deep stuff about uh, about mortality about family things like that so you know i didn't didn't really know i guess what the um what the tenor of the conversation was going to be but um you know if you, if you if you have read her book you know that uh, she's very good at turning a very very uh, kind of heavy and somewhat dark thing into a uh, very interesting read and also um as you just heard a uh, extremely uh, interesting and engaging conversation uh so thanks so much to her for for taking the time to to do that it was was uh, was a really wonderful wonderful talk um again absolutely check out her book can't we talk about something more pleasant um with, uh, she's she writes for the New Yorker. She's a cartoonist for New Yorker, a magazine that you are no doubt familiar with and, and most likely subscribe to. So check her out there. Uh, thanks so much to her. Thanks to, to Gabe at uh, at the uh, Comic Arts Brooklyn Festival for, for helping me um, navigate the 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 
the catacomb-like labyrinth of that hotel. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for writing the show together. Thanks to every uh, to Mark and everybody else on the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Uh, lots of good shows. You can find those over at uh, over at iTunes. And while you're over at iTunes, you should take the opportunity to rate us over there. We can we can absolutely use it. Uh, thanks so much to everybody who's been spreading the word about the show over over the last couple of weeks. We've had a, a nice little bump there, but uh, you know, obviously we could we could always use some more. You know, it's, you, you you head toward a hundred episodes of something, and you, you, know, you start to, to think about your your place. The podcast verse. So, uh, if you like the show at all, then 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 please spread the word. Um, please rate the show. Uh, please follow us over over on Tumblr. That's riwildcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to find episodes of the show. Uh, any feedback or anything like that, it's riwildcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, as you can tell by the incredible, uh, <laughs> the incredibly long period between recording in the, the interview and uh, posting the interview, we have uh, lots and lots of shows lined up. I'm going to do one in uh, two days, in fact. Uh, so uh, lots, lots of stuff coming up again as we head toward 100 years of this podcast. Uh, so we will be back just about uh, this this time next week with another episode of RIYL. 